Welcome to Bulk's TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, Sonia Manzaro, who has played Maria on Sesame Street for 44 years, is retiring. The eternal friend to many a young monster joined the show in 1971 and during her time on the show, married Luis, ran the fix-it shop and had a daughter called Gabby. Along with performing on the show beside everyone's favourite gargantuan yellow bird and his formerly imaginary friend, she also served as a writer and won 15 Emmy Awards in the process. Her last show is yet to be scheduled, likely because of the years of therapy Bert will need once he hears she's leaving. Since the dawn of time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV. What to watch. How to watch. Who's watching what. Free to wear this. VPN that. Plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Mulk's TV Talk, the podcast, with your host, Steve Mulk. Joining me this week, we first saw him as a young Joel Samuels, a man with more luxurious hair than you or I will ever have. And he quickly graduated to grown-up drama as PC Cameron Tate as he joined the cast of one of Britain's longest-running cop shows. He slimmed down to be a jockey and bulked up to be a space soldier, all while managing to find love as a bushranger. He's about to launch onto our international screens again, this time as an elven prince, next to one of the better-known dwarves of our time. It's Australian TV royalty, Dan McPherson. <laughs> well, Dan, hello. What a great, what a great intro, man. Thank you very much. That's all right. I, I, I hope that it's, it's something that we pride ourselves here on the podcast that we like to give everybody that comes on big ups because they totally deserve oh, it. I love it. And, I, you know, I always – it's nice to, to be reminded of, of all those things that I've done, you know, because it's mm. easy to forget. You know, it's been 17 or 18 years that I've been been doing this now. I've got to that point in my life where I've been acting and, and acting on television or, you know, on screen for 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 more than half my life. So I'm mm-hmm. in my 18th wow. year of my career and I just turned 35. So it's a – You old man. I know, right? That's right. The hair's not quite as luxurious as it once was, mate, but uh, <laughs> we're still going all right. <laughs> I was uh, – as a part of the research, of course, because yeah. I do about 10 minutes of it yeah. for the podcast, uh, I was looking at, of course, your bio and the kinds of things that you've done. I yeah. also had a look at some images. Yeah. Uh, you know, you do Google search for, for yeah. Dan McPherson and you find some pretty interesting things, oh, let me tell you. I know. Um, I, what did you've you You've had some with? pretty good hair. You've had some pretty good hair. <laughs> I have, I have. I mean, I think the first, oh, probably five years of my career, up until the bill, I, I was all about my hair. I remember when I quit Neighbours and I moved to LA, I moved to London, and the, the the pantomime producer that I worked for that was paying me a lot of money to go over and, and be in his pantomime, I'd, I'd finished Neighbours, shave my head yeah. off or cut it off, dyed it like black because I was a bit of a skater kid back then, and and uh, he almost had kittens when I arrived in Canterbury because he had all these posters of his long blonde hair, Joel Samuels. And so he, he tried to make me dye it back. And I had to go into this, this dodgy hairdresser in Canterbury in Kent in the UK. And, and it ended up just going like orange, bleach, orange, blonde. I looked like a leopard. Oh. It was um, – anyway, look, we anyway. still sold out and, and, and Jack and the Beanstalk was still a success. That was all right, you <laughs> know. That was, that's something that uh, we will touch on later, yep. your, your time on the panto circuit, because yeah. uh, a, a lot of people might forget or, or not realise that 
uh, life as a, a, an Australian soap star, yeah. there's huge opportunities because the panto circuit in the UK is massive. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I went over you know, three years in a row and I was 18, 19 and 20 or 19, 20, 21. I only just started acting. And what I, a difficult time to be traveling in another country. Oh, oh man, it was ridiculous. And, you know, it was when the pound was, was $3, you know, to Australia. Yeah. But I learned as much, if not more, about acting and stagecraft and 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 everything like that in the six or eight weeks that I was in the UK over yeah. Christmas, as I did in the in the rest of the year at Neighbours. You know, it was a really it was a, yeah. I, I learned a lot, and I think that's probably something I've taken throughout my entire career. Is is just always been a real a sponge in terms of of watching and observing and learning and and um and those those times of Panto because you had guys. I mean, one of the Panto dames that that was in the show. Uh, he'd been doing it for 50 or 60 years, you know? Wow. And that wow. kind of experience is incredible. And then he'd go off and do, you know, Shakespeare Company throughout the year, you know? It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. And, and you could walk up to him any time of the day and go, behind you, behind <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, it was just such a great mix of performers, you know? You had great stand-up comics and mm. and great musical theatre performers and then you'd have, you know, I did it with a with a gladiator from the UK Gladiators <laughs> and a couple of EastEnders <laughs> stars and oh. it was just, it was always just a motley crew of, of people. It was uh, always very interesting. So great. Well, Dan, there is so much we need to talk about. Before yep. we get into though, yep. uh, wow, before we get into that though, yep. shall we talk about the week's news? Please. What a week it's been. Get all your TV news at MulksTVTalk.com. But first, the news. With The Voice smashing it ratings-wise on our screens right now and Jessie J successfully mind-fucking Delta every chance she gets, Nine have surprised nobody in announcing that its mega uber singing show will return in 2016. What did surprise everyone is that they also announced the return of Australia's Got Talent. Who will host? Who will judge? Why resuscitate this dead horse? How many Spice Girls are available? It It, it is a, a, an interesting situation, Dan. I don't know what your yeah. uh, love or love-hate relationship with reality TV is. Are you yeah. a voice fan? Um, oh, look, I go in and out. I go in and mm-hmm. out. Um, you know, I love that. You know, the format the format's you know, amazing around the world. I, I've actually spent more time watching the US voice than I have the Australian voice, you know, and they've, yep. you know, with, with – you know, we really did. Zoe and I fell in love with with Blake Shelton and Adam Levine and CeeLo, mm. and and it was a real, um, yeah, it was it was it was amazing. It was wonderful to watch. It was. I mean, this is going back a few years in their first series, and then, you know, that, that we really did enjoy that. I didn't. I haven't watched the Australian one as much, um, and for a lot of time, it was on the same time as Dancing on a Sunday night as well. Um, yes. so, I, so I didn't get to see it. But but look, it's a it's a it's a beast of a format. Um, I, I just hope. That it doesn't get too overproduced. So mm. I think that's the danger in all of these things, because because you the the longer they go and the and, and the more they get produced, you can sometimes see the the strings being pulled a little bit too much. And, and yeah. maybe that's my cynical jaded eye, but um, but you know, <laughs> but it's it's an amazing format. And and look, it's it's going gangbusters around the world. And look, as is as is America's Got Talent, or Britain's Got Talent, or New mm. Zealand's Got Talent. Um, you know, it's still going gangbusters over there. Do we have, do we have the pool of people that can can provide that? You know, we are a small company. Are Maybe. you asking? Does Australia have talent? Not at all. Not at all. I know we've got talent, and I think what's in its favour is actually the show has been off air for a little while, yeah. and and so there is a, a fresh talent pool, uh, and also the parameters 
of that show, I think, have, have broadened around the world. You know, if you yes. watch the ads for America's Got Talent or, or Britain's Got Talent, you see what kind of things they're doing with that show. So, so I expect it to to be quite surprising when it comes out next year. I had not forgotten, but only just realised, made the connection that, of course, you come from deep inside the reality juggernaut, uh, hosting Dancing with the Stars for about a million years. Yeah, yeah, and, and prior to that, my first experience was uh, was hosting the original X Factor in two thousand and six. So, so I guess for the last ten years, I've been in and out of that a lot. You know, I know, I know, yeah. I know how that works. And then prior to that, when I was in the UK doing the bill, I, that was my first foray into live television hosting. Was I, I did some stuff on their breakfast show over there. So, so yes. that was um, this morning, I think it was, which was a live a live breakfast show. So, so off the back of the bill on the same network at ITV there, um, yeah. I started doing sort of live breakfast TV and then that rolled into coming back and, and signing a deal with 10 that involved uh, the X Factor and some drama and some development. And then it was when I was doing City Homicide that, that I got off of the job. Uh, oh, of so, so they all kind of, it all kind of worked in well. So yeah, for the last 10 years, uh, I've, uh, although it was never my first world and, and it mm. was always my kind of, Second world, uh, but I but I know it I know it very well around the world. Was Fremantle running AGT when you were hosting? That's a great question. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, well, I think it was even pre Fremantle days. Was it so the precursor was it to what Grundy? it became? Did it start at Grundy TV and then go into Fremantle? But but um, but obviously it was at seven with with Brian and, mm. and Kyle. And they'd sort of rock on over to the dancing after parties after they record. So, so oh, yeah, they, you know, there, was some, there was some inter-network mingling, if you will, <laughs> fraternization. <laughs> can't, they can't be had. <laughs> oh, they love shan't, you shan't acknowledge someone from another oh, sorry, thing. Sorry, intra, intra-network before it went to, <laughs> or before it went to uh, Channel 9. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, look, it, it's, it's coming back, people. Prepare yeah. yourselves. If you're a dog-juggling, fire-eating singer – this is the show for you. So do you juggle the dogs and the dogs are on fire? No, hang on. How dogs does that are work? eating fire. Dogs while are you eating fire them. while you're juggling them. That's impressive. That's an act. What are you right singing? There. What are you sing? What's your song uh, choice? Your song choice Ave- always lets you down from what I can tell. Well, I've that's right. It. It's, it's either Ave Maria or, <laughs> it, uh, you know, you, uh, something to do with burning. Great balls of fire. Oh, hunker, hunker, burning love. Hunker, hunker, <laughs> bunch of, bunch of burning pups. Hey, we're off. <laughs> I think the RSPCA are calling. (laughs) More news. In a move that surprised nobody, Harry Shearer has re-signed with the Simpsons cast for the next two seasons after an earlier spat with management over availability. Parachuting in for a mere $300,000 an episode and on average 22 episodes a series, you do the math. The Squizillionaire will again lend his pipes to some of Springfield's finest supporting cast in Mr. Burns, Ned Flanders, Principal Skinner, Kent Brockman, and All Is Well With The World. That's 6.6 million US dollars. It's freaking outrageous. How much money are Fox making off that to be able to pay every voiced cast member? So there's Dan Castellaneta, Julie Kavner, Yardley Smith. um, uh, Oh, gosh. Every other name Nancy that you Cart- see, like well, yeah, oh my god, Nancy gosh. Cartwright, Harry Shearer, wow. and um, uh, Hank Azaria—they're the oh, guys that wow. get the big, big wow. cash. So we've just talked six people at wow. six plus million bucks a season. Wow, 
Wow. Hot damn. What a, yeah, and that's just from Channel 10 Australia, just buying up the rewrites. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah. dear. Channel 10, yeah. the, the network that The Simpsons built. Yes. I miss it. And I have to say, if you've not dived into The Simpsons, season 26 has just finished. It was airing on 11. Uh, check it out, guys. Find it online. Do the things that you need to do to see it. It's really good. They've come back in a big way and, and almost gone up their own selves self-referential, self yeah. where they're making now fun of themselves and the storylines. Great, great. Because I mean, so you, look great. At their, you look at their biggest competition and, I mean, everyone's a target, you know, if you yep. look at Family Guy or anything out of, you know, Seth MacFarlane's world, you know, but but for the Simpsons to then turn around and go, well, okay, well, we'll, we'll take the piss out of ourselves. So yep. That's ahead of the game, you know, that's, that's great. Oh, and PS News, just to add to that, South Park have uh, re-signed with Comedy Central three more seasons. Wow. The part So they're moving up to, yeah, yeah, 21, 22, 23, I think it is now. Wow. Who would so have they're thought? working on, man, for those little sweary kids. Who would have thought when you first, was it SBS that you'd first watch it on at like 8.30 on yes. Thursday or something? I forget what it was. You'd be like, on oh, 9.30, you'd have to stay up and let mum watch it. Mum mm. would let you watch it. Oh, and you go to school the next day that? and they go, oh, you never watch South Park? Like, oh, no idea what you're talking about. Anyway. I have distinct memories of seeing uh, Bigger, Longer, Uncut, the South Park movie, yeah. uh, at a cinema on the central coast of New South Wales with a bunch of friends. First time I'd been to – like I had seen South Park on TV, but, yeah. of course, when we got it in Australia, everything was beeped out, yeah. all beeped out. Yeah. And they come out of that cinema at the very start of that film with all four boys or three boys – just dropping F-bombs all over the shop. And I'm just like, oh, that's right. That's what this show's about. Yeah, so absolutely. Good. Have you seen um, Have you seen the Book of Mormon? The, uh, I have musical. It's I've, – I've never laughed until I was so violently ill uh, <laughs> in my life. It is the, – the genius with which they write is, uh, is, is unparalleled. It's, it's incredible. Definitely worth seeing. The good news is Book of Mormon is coming to Melbourne. So it's oh, coming it really? to Australia. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 2016. Which isn't that far away. Used no, to, it's that not. Used to, the Rio Olympics used to sound a long way away. <laughs> way away. Yeah. They're, they're just a year away. That's, yeah, freaking me out. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to July, yeah. humans. All it's right. all here. We have one more bit of news, particularly timely. The cast of season 15 of Dancing with the Stars has been announced. This year featuring standard old man, young former reality show contestant seeking to milk of 15 minutes of fame, former sporting great, contestant on overcoming adversity, star who used to be signed with other networks and, now ch- uh, and Channel 7 personality who has contractually agreed uh, place in the final three <laughs> with an additional twist of a husband and wife competing against each other who fit at least two of the aforementioned descriptions. Hosted this year by the guy from Thank God You're Here and City Homicide and the stunning Edwina Bartholomew, the question has to be asked, what happened to the last host? <laughs> wow, what happened to that last guy? He uh, D-Mac. It was, it was about, it was sometime in the live-to-air moments where I had a crazed clown rubbing himself up against me. <laughs> Uh, on a dance floor, uh, yep. screaming, do you like balloons, Danny? Do you like <laughs> balloons? That I, that I had a quiet moment to myself in between throws to camera, <laughs> and, I went, camera and I went, you know what? You know what? I think maybe I'm done again. <laughs> <laughs> 
come back um, from you know, the craziness that is Mark Holden? You know, I'm, I'm 34. I've, <laughs> this is my seventh <laughs> series. I I think I'm happy to wrap it up after this. Um, <laughs> oh, look, look, in all seriousness, that, that that's 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 one little part of it, but um. Mm. But you know, I, I I have done seven series and and and, yes. and I, I thoroughly enjoyed them. And live live television, um, I love and I and I love it. Uh, I love being part of it. I love the challenge of that. But you know, I've also spent the last couple of years, and and also television hosting and live TV hosting was also, as I mentioned sort of earlier, was something that I did secondary to to acting. And then mm. and then I packed up and and moved to the uh, the states three years ago and and turned down a lot of. A lot of work in Australia, a lot of acting work in Australia, and and so suddenly yeah. the only thing I was doing in Australia was was television hosting, and and I got to a point where that that wasn't where I wanted to go. I was sort of going down that path, and I was getting offered other formats and other jobs, and and I could have easily become a very comfortable, very uh, well paid, uh, very familiar uh, television host who spends half his yeah. time on the Sunshine Coast and half his time in Sydney. Too <laughs> um, tough life, guys. You know, and look, not a tough life, but but for someone who is always thrived on a challenge and, and set out yep. to achieve something earlier in his career. I thought, well, I can always, I can always come back and do that if I want, but, mm. but I was getting so close to, to achieving what I wanted to achieve in America and in my acting world that I, I made the decision that anything that wasn't helping me achieve what I wanted to do acting wise had to go. And, yep. and that was a very tough decision with, with dancing, but mm-hmm. that, meant that I'd step away from dancing this year, give away triathlons and, and things like that that I was enjoying and, and really putting time and energy into and literally focus 110% on succeeding in my acting career. And yeah. and the results were almost immediate um, yes. from, from making that shift and, and we'll get on to that, I'm sure. Yes, um, indeed we shall. Yeah, so look, a- they, look, they look like a great cast. The other thing is I actually, for, for all the clowning around, pun intended, um, last series was such a great series with such a great yeah. bunch of people. I, I, I loved, you know, so many people in that series. I, I couldn't have left on a on a better note, you know. And yeah. And the only shame is this year is like Maddie Rogers and I are great mates, and I've got another couple of other mates in there. And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could have could have easily done it, but but um. So look, I will I'll be watching from afar, and and obviously Borny Borny is a legend, and we, and we spent a lot yes. of time together on um on City Homicide and. And I was doing mm-hmm. dancing while he was doing "Thank God You're Here," and, and you know he is uh, he is one of the few, the handful of, of, of very experienced, very talented live television presenters in this country. Uh, you know, there's no doubt that we're, we're chalk and cheese in our in our styles, but um, but but I know he's going to do well, and, and he and Eddie will, will be a lot of laughs, I'm sure. Shane Bourne is super capable. Oh, you know, he's more than proved himself as a host, and, and there's no question he'll bring it home. Yeah. You do, however, have. Um, Look, I guess we can call it a checkered history, uh, at least with co-hosts on yep. Dancing with the Stars, because you worked through three of them in seven years. I was going to say the, um, you know, the, the show and the format has survived three three co-hosts and now onto its and two hosts, you mm. know, and also I mean that that format is still steaming along around the world. So yes. I, I don't think I don't think it's sinkable. No, the Channel yeah. Seven gods are making—they sacrifice daily yeah. to make sure that Dancing with the Stars yeah. remains a bankable format. Yeah. Um, the the I mean the, the it was real. It was a really good situation, I think, because you came in post Daryl. Yep. And I had to pick up with Sonia. Yep. You guys were excellent. Sonia was very Sonia was very generous to me, you know, and, and in hindsight too, because I think also Son 
Son was coming into probably the end of her time at the show, and obviously yeah. subsequently that was whether she knew that knew that then or, or you know I'm sure she had an inkling, but but um, you know it must have been you know a great time for her having worked with Daryl for seven years mm-hmm. as a co-host to to really step out and and she took the reins for the first couple of years that I was there, you know, like yeah, you know we we worked really well together and she was the experienced you know half of that duo and and she knew the dance world very much better than I did. And also, she, you know, her, obviously her and Todd were very close as well. So, Oh, Tina Sparkle, if you exactly don't right, mind. Exactly right. So, so but, I, you know, obviously subsequently she she wanted she had other plans and other goals and she's yep. doing an amazing job post-dancing, um, yes. which is different to Mel perhaps, who, who I don't think was anticipating being there for any length of time. Um, <laughs> I think Mel was there, and I speak very carefully when I say this, but I think Mel was there as part of a – an overall yeah. uh, deal, you know, with with X Factor and being in Sydney and being in Australia and and what. You can be as politically correct as you like. We all call it the mistake edition <laughs> of Dancing with the Stars, uh, but it, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, stuff happened and you played that on. I think the the best thing, honestly, to come out of that was Mel B had her opportunity to go home. Yep. Uh, and you were the complete professional on screen and off. You know, it, it was. Uh, you played a very straight bat and you did a great job for Edwina to then be picked up as the the co-host. My goodness, that first season you guys did together and had shown subsequently, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Full full credit to Eddie. I mean, I was was just absolutely stoked that I had, not only did I have a a bright, bubbly, intelligent, professional co-host by my side in Edwina, I had someone with daily live TV experience. Yes. So, so for so me, smart too. You know, and so then all that we had to fix or not even fix, but all that we had to work on was our rapport and our chemistry. And, mm. and, and so that was easy, you know, that's the only thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, the only thing was that, that Eddie had sworn to a year off drinking for that first series. <laughs> so I don't think we really gelled until the second series we did together. <laughs> but, um, I, I got to say, people, I, I tweeted it the other day and uh, you'll start to see the promo images come out for Dancing with the Stars. The the, the, the press kit that came out with all the pictures of everyone. Uh, this, of course, very lovely shots of all the contestants and, and of, of Shane Bourne. He looks great. Yeah. The picture they've used of Edwina holding the, the very small mirror ball, she is smoking hot. Oh, really? Oh really? my goodness! Oh, good. good. I'm glad to hear wow. it. I'm glad she's she she's a beautiful person. That little girl, beautiful person inside and out, and, and I can't speak highly enough. And and again, when I when I think of last series as as my swan song, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed working with Eddie the most that I that I had. You know that that was a great mm-hmm. series for us, and also not leaving out the professional dancers. You know they they're a great great bunch of hard work, hardworking guys, yes. guys and girls. And, and so it was a really good the bunch down there. And the, the dancers. I mean, yeah. I appreciate the dancers get a little bit more uh, cred because they're, they're more visible. Yeah. Um, but Chong Liam and the John Farnham Orchestra. Oh, mate. One of the greatest Just things I got to do was, was host Starry Starry Night for the last couple of years with, with Eddie. Yep. With Channel 7 sponsored down there in Melbourne for the Alana and Madeline Foundation, which is basically a glorified karaoke night. But you've got Chong Liam and the Dancing with Stars band backing you. So I get yep. up and... Did my Elvis and some Billy Idol and like all yes. my, oh, just living the dream. Like that was yeah, to turn around and see those guys there. Yeah, mate, it was, it was pretty awesome. So good. Particularly as a mad Elvis fan up there singing Suspicious Minds with Chong, mm. Chong and the band just going, oh, it was epic. That was awesome. 
super reliable studio musos playing live. The best, yeah. It is phenomenal. And yep. some great singers. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you throw you throw talent like uh, uh, Susie does dancing with the stars. Susie, like Michelle Rousserette. Um yeah. We had a couple of a couple of uh, Rod Rod Ma, uh, Rod Ma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rod. Yeah, uh, no, Rod. Amazing Rod. <laughs> Sorry, Rod. Uh, <laughs> that's showbiz. No, no. Um, uh, oh, no, Rod. And then a couple of new faces this year as well, or last series as well. Mm. A couple of younger faces because um, because also again uh, more contemporary music. Uh, coming through yes. in the last series or two than, than previously. So, so yeah, uh, it's exciting. Look, I, I wish them all the very best. I had a great time there and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, wish them all the best. That's not what they said about you, but no worries. <laughs> well, that's showbiz. Follow Malk on Twitter at Malk's TV Talk. Thank you, Dan. That's the news covered. Quick, uh, now, are you ready for this? Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Well, you better be. Uh, we have a special little quiz show as a part of uh, Mox TV Talk, the yeah. podcast. It's called Pick a Box of Potluck. Oh, okay. Where What we're doing today, I'm trying something new okay. as a part of the – normally it's like, what's your favourite show? And I give you some questions. Yeah. What I'm doing today, it's the What Show Am I edition. Oh, okay. So I've lifted some descriptions off IMDb okay. of things that you've worked on. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, and I may have turned them into almost sort of movie trailer-esque <laughs> descriptions. Brilliant. There's four of them. What I need to hear from you, you can buzz in as soon as you like. I want to know what show it is. Okay. And extra points if you can tell me uh, the role that you played. Okay. All right. Question one. Episodes follow uniform officers and detectives from an inner London police station. <laughs> as they enforce law and order on a day-to-day basis while saying, you're nicked and governor a lot. <laughs> uh, bzz, bzz. I just I actually, I just wanted to hear the full description. Um, that was uh, that was the bill uh, where I played PC Cameron Tate, who was an Australian police officer uh, over there because he had a, a, a young daughter and a, and a partner in London and subsequently mm. uh, left to come back to the sunny shores. Walked away on fatherhood and... Uh, yes chose Bondi over his children. Well, the good news is, though, there's still an opportunity, you know, you could pop up on something because you didn't die. I know, right? I know. You effectively did the neighbours thing of moving to Queensland from From London, UK. from Sun Hill. <laughs> exactly right. There's no reason. Question two. A group of celebrities are caught in a slave labour camp and the only way out is to dance for their lives. <laughs> Um, yes, that sounds like any number of series of Dancing with the Stars that I could have done. Um, Tick. Yep, sweet. Where I was uh, the uh, host slash co-host. Correct. Depending Thank on which you, media man. brief you read. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It quickly became yeah. host some years and co-host yep, others. totally. All right, question three. He's a lovable rogue on the run. Along with his fellow criminals, they stage hold-ups, determined to keep ahead of the troopers or wind up at the end of a noose, all while keeping the home fires burning. Oh, what an amazing time that was. Uh, that was uh, hello, that was Wild Boys in 2011. I played uh, Bush Ranger Jack Keenan uh, alongside mm. Michael Dorman, David Field, Alex England. That was his first, Alex England's first job straight out of, out of drama school. And he's yeah, a on. young Kerry Packer. Yeah, he exactly went on right. to be. Yeah, I think he got an actor. Did he get an actor nomination? I think so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Working with Luke Ford. He, in there. fact, he's popped up a lot. Yeah, he hasn't, he hasn't stopped. No, we trained him well. 
Yes. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Zoe Ventura and Crew Boylan in there as well. David Field, Jeremy oh. Sims, who else have I forgotten? Chris Stollery. That was a good bunch. Yeah, lots of people. It was a really good show. I was yeah. uh, d- honestly devastated yeah. when I heard that there was no more. Yeah. It, it, it beautifully shot, lots of great locations. Yeah, stuff. Joe Pickering was the DP there. The, the, the locations, the sets were amazing. Um, I, I felt that it would have been served well by just a little bit of longer time in development. You know, that, that um, mm. I think the show was pitched, you know, early, or, or sorry, late in the year, one year, and we went into production in February the year after. So yeah, pretty it was quick. a very quick turnaround, and I think I think perhaps the show suffered because of that in, in its um, in its structural integrity, if you will. It's the kind of thing that nowadays, or even if, say, you know, Wild Boys premiered in 2016, that would have the kind of legs that would go either, oh, hey, Foxtel will pick it up after season one, yeah. or they'll go, you know what, we'll make a second season, but it'll go on, yeah. on Presto yeah. as original content. Yeah, and, and also it was, it, was a, it was a very interesting transitional time in the ratings landscape. So yes. we started at 1.6s, went down to 1.2s, 1.3, down to 1.1. And I think we finished you know, the wimp with a whimper at the end of the series of 900s, 950s for the last <laughs> two episodes. A whimper at 950. Exactly right. So, so that was a time when suddenly numbers were changing. Uh, mm. Free-to-air digital channels were coming through. People were multi-screening, people were downloading box sets. So the landscape and the numbers – were, were, it was a beginning of a change. And suddenly, yep. as we know now, any network could give their left leg for 1.1. Um, mm, and, and I think we were, you know, we were just a little bit ahead of the time there. Well, when off the back of you know, the, the voice getting renewed for 2016 and it's, it's doing 1.4, yeah. you know, maybe 1.5, the yeah. state of origin's pulling just over two or yeah, into the wow. twos. Yeah. It, it's, uh, yeah, the landscape right, has it's changed. It's a vastly different time. Yeah, yeah. to when to when uh, a Dancing with the Stars or a MasterChef finale was going to pull nearly three mil, mm. um, you know, or a Dancing with the Stars Tuesday night episode was going to do 1.8, 1.9 every Tuesday, yeah. you know, in those, some of those middle series and the beginnings where yeah. I took over. And then and then obviously a 1.4 uh, on a Sunday was a great number, you know, for two yes. and a half hours of live telly. Anyway, that's the, that's the numbers landscape. Forgive me, I, I digress. No, no, that's – look, it's we, we're all over digressing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ratings is, is such a nasty beast. I think I'm going to have to run a special uh, Mox TV Talk podcast step just talking about ratings and the, the very short history of them in Australia, given yeah. that Oztam have only been doing it since 2000. Yeah. Before that, it was Nielsen. And, and you know, because when we pick up in 2000, you launched very quickly into Australian Idol and Big Brother, yeah. which were massive hits yeah, totally. uh, for 10 and like blew the kind of numbers yeah. that we call successes out of the water. Yeah. But that was a very serious five channel setup. Yeah, totally. With with big budgets and, and you know, and I don't think Foxtel had the had the numbers of subscribers that they did, all the mm. channels, all the content. You know, the fact that the television content coming out of America in the last fifteen years, how that has yes. changed in reality oh. and drama. Uh, I mean, it was unimaginable back then. So so you you've got However many channels, free-to-air and pay TV in this country that are now full of, of quality programming, for the yes. most part, you know, it, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was un, un, unimaginable and, and unsustainable 10 years ago. So anyway, yeah, Shakes it's, it's a different uh, – but also, too, everyone, everyone now is a rating expert. 
You know, everyone <laughs> in the media is a rating expert. Everyone knows what the ratings mean, or do they? Yeah. I think I think it's a little bit more. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's a little bit more uh, complex than people make out. Yes. Uh, you know, Gosh, but, I mean, I'm part of the problem. I appreciate Dan because I, yeah. I will happily publish the overnight. Yeah. Uh, I think that we are long past the time when they are the only story. Totally. And networks are only now just catching up. You know, we're not seeing as many knee-jerk three-episode cancellations no. of things. Well, that doesn't help anyone. It's, that's and that's no, just wasting money. Nobody. No. And that also, you know, that sends a message out into the ether of of how you support your content. But yeah. also, too, you've got to take into account now sales dollars, advertising dollars, product integration, uh, yep. so content content requirements, you know, all that kind of stuff, local content yes. investments. So so there's much more to it. Um, and it is a far more content, uh, uh, complex landscape than, than people realize, I believe. Yeah, and, and particularly now, even 2015, it's changed again yeah. from what it was, say, even last year where it was, well, we still care about catch-up and we care about the online catch-up, so your plus sevens or iviews, those kinds of things. Yeah. Now it's like, well, who do we sell our, our second-run digital rights to? Yeah. Are we selling it to Stan? Have we got an agreement with Presto? You know, do we uh, yeah. tap on Netflix's door and yeah. plug it through to them? And that's, I mean, that's a whole nother world. I mean, we in America, we live on Netflix. We, yeah. we don't. We, I mean, we got we got a, a pay TV subscription over there. We've got a, a smart TV that runs through our internet. We watch, yep. we've got uh, Hulu, Netflix, yes. uh, HBO Go, and the only show that we would watch on terrestrial television, on free-to-air television in America, um, was <laughs> Friday Night Shark Tank, the American Shark yep. Tank. So so that was the one thing that we, we were addicted to, you know, but the rest of it, we'd, we'd just go and, go and look up. Yeah. So I don't no, know, that's going to change that's as it. well. Massive, massive landscape change as well. Uh, and I just want to put a... A pin in that one because you know I, I make a passing comment as as did you. Wild Boys was uh, both on screen and in real life uh, a, a life changing love opportunity for you. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Um, you know, in a, in a couple of ways. One, one obviously that was where Zoe and I got together, and and four years later, uh, we're, we're still very grateful for that and still together uh, mm. and engaged, which is lovely. And very, and very a, cool. Congratulations. Sense, you know, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, no, no, we're um. We're very happy, and, and she's she's wonderful, and, and uh, nice to actually get to spend some time together at the moment, which is which is good because we uh, we've been traversing between Shinara in mm. New Zealand, our base in LA, uh, Sydney, and Zoe shooting on Pirates of the Caribbean on the Gold Coast for the last six months. Mm. We've been doing that wow. kind of diamond shape across the Pacific. But right now is what actors call unemployment. You call it spending time together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough that I can I can actually as of uh, yesterday call it officially pre-production, um, Excellent. which is great. Um, and and uh, and Zoe's and actually so can Zoe I think, um, but I'll, I'll have to let her tell you about that. But um, oh good, but yeah, well certainly some downtime, which is nice. But but it's nice to enjoy that downtime because we have had. Yeah, well, yeah, busy, you know, busy, crazy time, and that's right? how it works, you know. And you, you know, yeah. you talk to any any performer, you know. I mean, I was talking to some very well known film stars, and they were like the same thing: feast or famine, you yeah. know. Yeah, and 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 that's in part why we uh, why we are and do pay the talent what we do and the people in the industry because it is such a hot and cold time. You know, Absolutely. you can be working for six months. Yeah. That's great. Oh, but we paid them gajillions of you know three hundred thousand dollars an episode. Yeah. Well, that's 
bit extreme, but yeah. Um, but then when it stops, yeah. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, off to it, league make, with you. make no mistake, the decision to leave Dancing with the Stars was a big one on all fronts, you know. Yeah. And but I guarantee that you take away that income and knowing that Shannara was finishing in that the second series of Shannara hadn't been or wasn't or isn't uh, confirmed. Uh, and certainly my involvement in that isn't confirmed. Yeah. I guarantee that every audition that I go to had far more impetus than it would have <laughs> had I known yeah. that I was going back to Dancing with the Stars in, in two weeks. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's, well, and that's the hunger, reality it? of it. Absolutely. And that's that's the reason I stepped away from it. Yeah. No, and look, you hear, uh, like, like you've just shared, lots of actors talk about if you don't have that hunger in your belly, and comedians too, if you've got the job to fall back on, if you've got the – you know, I'm a waitress, but I'm auditioning or I'm doing, you know, uh, stand-up you know, open mics and things. Yeah. If you don't just at some point go, no, 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 this has to be the thing. Yeah. Then the end game becomes, well, I can always go back to being a thing and you're probably not going to graduate from that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. And it was, That's the little bits that I've learned. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you just kind of go, okay, well, when, you know, I'm, and also for me, you go, well, I'm 35. I might only get one chance to have a real crack at this and mm-hmm. I'll do it now. Yeah, you're so old, Dan. <laughs> 35. Wow. <laughs> question four. Okay. Final question. A quiet street is transformed by the arrival of one raucous family, forever altering the destiny of those around them. Does that give me about six shows that I've done? <laughs> 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 um, quite, wow. What did I do? I mean, it sounds like Neighbours. And it is, Tick. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> yeah, right. Lucky I got that. It's going back a while. Joel Samuels. Joel yes. Samuels came in and lobbed at the Kennedy household with Mal, uh, as a friend of Malcolm's from London, and Susan mm-hmm. and Carl and Libby and uh, Billy took him in. Before That's right, he moved. Dr. Carl has been on Neighbours this long. I know, I know. And uh, who else? I mean, Brian was there. Maloney mm. was still there. Tony, yeah. Yep. So, and then I moved to uh, I moved to number thirty with uh, with Toadie and Lance in the house of Trow, which was yeah. um, they were fun days. What a time! Oh, great days, man! I really enjoyed it. <laughs> what's so? What's it like in that opportunity? A young actor. Regular gig. I mean, th- there's no question you're working hard, right? You're pumping out a bunch of television every week. Yeah. It's high turnover yep. in content. Yep. Um, big expectation. And you become instant star yeah. because the press just turn like the, the, the PR for the show turn it on. Hey, here's yep. Dan McPherson. He's this yep. new actor. He's really good. Yep. You're young. You look all right. Yep. You've got a mane of hair. Yep. The, the ladies are falling over you. Yeah. You're on like Teen Heartthrob magazine and all the things. Yeah. Just not only the transformation of life, but wow. Yeah. Your loins. <laughs> no, look, it was, it was certainly a transformation. So I packed up, I, I, I hadn't planned to act. I never studied drama mm-hmm. at school. I, I didn't do anything like that, but I met a manager uh, in my final year of high school or just before the final year of high school. And he said, would you like to think about studying acting or, or modeling or anything like that? And I said, no, that's ridiculous. And he rang my, my <laughs> folks three, three weeks later. I said, look, I really think your son should have a go at it come in and, and have a meeting with us. So my mum and I went in and met Stephen and his boss, yes. Mark Morrissey, who is, who is still my manager to this day. And I read a scene out of Neighbours. I read a Darren Stark uh, <laughs> scene who was played by Todd McDonald from memory. Mm. And, um, 
And uh, they said, oh, look, he's all right. He's raw. He's very raw. But hmm. – um, but, the way uh, we like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it was uh, – it was, you know, I was malleable, you know. So, so, uh, so, yeah. Look, that worked, and, and I sort of started auditioning and going to acting classes in Sydney and and things like that. And I, I didn't know anything. Nothing happened for a year, and then finally mm-hmm. I met Jan Russ, who was casting Neighbours, and we had a great audition. I walked out of that. Nothing happened. Yeah. I went and I was trying to get a job at Rebel to sell running shoes because I was. Going to year twelve, finishing year twelve at Sydney Boys High, I was going to go and study yep. economics. I was going to yeah. run triathlons or something like that. And you Stephen know. rang and said, "Oh, they've written you a three-year role in Neighbours. You want to move to Melbourne?" <laughs> so I was seventeen. I was like, "What?" So February after Christmas, I moved uh, as opposed to the February before Christmas. Uh, yeah, February we packed up and moved. My dad bought me a second-hand Mitsubishi Magna, and we packed it See up. See you, with, son. Oh, well, he drove down with me, dropped me off. And then, uh, and I moved in with my manager's sister and her husband in Melbourne, and that Gosh. was that was how it started. I, I don't, I, I kind of always viewed my career as from a slightly removed position, like yeah. so. I've never taken it that seriously. You know, I was mm-hmm. like at the same time I was Dolly's most dateable guy and yes. all that kind of stuff. And and that I was remember a, that kid. It was an amazing, was totally man, and it was an amazing fun time. And my two best mates from Sydney moved down. And we lived in a house together for two years, which we didn't get the oh, bond back from. And, um, you know, it was an amazing time, but I never, I never took it too seriously. And my mantra was always, you know, I just want an EH Holden station wagon and I'll move back to oh. Sydney and go back to uni. And yep. I got to the end and actually, again, coming back to pantomime is I, I learned so much in panto and I got to the end of my three year, or I ended up signing for initially for 18 months and then I added year to year to year. And ended up being there yeah. for three and a half years, so it was, it was you know very lucrative and a very exciting time, and I and it was a very, you know, it was it was a great time for me. But I also made a decision that I could either, because you you walk down the hallways at the neighbor's studio and there's all the cast photos, and yeah. you recognise every face, yes. but of those hundreds of of characters that have been through, there's probably two hundred or maybe a hundred that have kept working. And maybe fifty mm. that are really recognisable, and maybe ten yeah. that are really recognisable, or twenty that are really recognisable. And I kind of went, okay, to get from being one of that ten thousand, one of that thousand, sorry, to being one of those ten, I what have I got to do? I've got to I've got to take it very seriously, and I've got to go and yeah. make up for what I didn't do, which was go to drama school. So that's when I decided to move to London and, and pursue theatre and musical theatre, and, and just spend some time in the cool. UK learning how to act. And so that was. That was a decision that I made. And, and so, yeah, look, I, I got plenty of free drinks in nightclubs and, and plenty of fun stuff like that. And I've, you know, I've had plenty of fun along the way, but I, I never really, and still to this day, I've never taken that, that kind of stuff too seriously, you know? Yeah, I don't know if it paid off, Dan. Um, <laughs> just chipping away, mate. Right. Just chipping away. Yeah, yeah, keep at it, yeah. son. Well, congratulations, Dan. Big, big ups. That's, we've got eight out of eight. Ah, that, sweet. Thank you very much. That, Little competition, little Rain Man memory. Yeah. I do actually, I do actually have a photographic memory. It's ridiculous. Always fly corners. Yeah. <laughs> forty-eight matches. Forty-eight matches. Mm. Mox TV talk. What's your earliest memory of TV, Dan? As as far as not necessarily being on it, but as a kid, what what do you remember? And and TV for you? Wow. Um, I remember that in the first house I remember living in, we had a really big wood grain television with a push knob, pull knob 
Yeah. And you'd pull it on and all the static would go around the, the curved glass and you'd turn oh. it off and you'd run your hand over the static. Um, you know, and, and it would make this incredible sound when you turn it on and off. I remember that. I mean, literally, I'm, I'm taking this very literally, but my first, yeah. my first memories of, of television and walking into that room, the TV room at mum and dad's, and, and having that big brown kind of TV in the middle of it, you know, in the middle of the wall. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't remember the first sort of shows I watched. I remember that I'd sit on the floor and mum and dad would watch. I remember Four Corners, actually, because I remember it used to bore mm. the tits off me. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm sorry for using that terminology. That's, that's, uh, I, I mean that in a, in a. That's fine. Yeah. But, but I really, and, and subsequently, uh, award-winning Four Corners. Uh, yeah, I love, use limited or pick it up and turn it into an article. Yeah, but, but yeah, at age. Dan, Dan McPherson said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but I was, you know, five years old. Of course. I wasn't exactly their target market. Yeah. Um, so, and then I guess moving forward, um, I kind of grew up and the TV room was was somewhere that we'd all jump in the surf and they would all run and, and we'd all lock ourselves in there and me and all the mates and we'd all watch TV. I guess one of the biggest ones was we moved to London for dad's work in 1988 and I was eight years old and we landed. Oh, wow. We landed in London and got in a cab to go to our, our accommodation and dad and the cab driver was like, oh, are you from Australia? I said, yep. Yeah. What happens in Neighbours? What? what? And, and, and we didn't realise... And ironically, never, never thought for a second that I'd end up on there 10 years later. Or 50, yeah, 10 years later. But, but as a seven-year-old, how infatuated the UK was with Neighbours and Home and Away. Um, yeah. that, was, that was a real eye-opener for, for seven. So I watched a lot of UK TV uh, over there. Um, and then the moment that actually probably changed my life was when I was 15, I think, and I'd gone running and it was a Saturday morning and I came back and mm-hmm. I went and sat in, in the same room and, you know, you shut the door because the door goes out of the kitchen and I sat in there by myself on a Saturday morning and mum was out in the kitchen and I just turned on TV and and, um, and, and I think we must have had Foxtel, I guess, because uh, Braveheart was on and it was like the second minute of Braveheart and I'd never seen it before and I sat yeah. there in my sweaty running gear for two hours and 40 minutes engrossed by this movie that I knew nothing about and came out like in tears and in inspired and the music and the performance and the story. And I walked out and mum was like, oh, I, I didn't even realise you were home. Where have you been? I was like, I just witnessed the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And, and it kind <laughs> of just kind of changed my world. And it was the first true lesson in how television and film can, can affect you, truly. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. You're right. I know it's, it's very interesting because there are. I think we could all look back at moments ago. There, there was this this thing that happened when I watched this. I felt these things. I all of the job of, yeah. of movies and TV and media in that regard to make us to, to move us to make us feel things. Whether yeah. it's empathy, compassion, hate, love, all of the stuff. Yeah. It's when that first connection happens, that you are yeah. just you're sold, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And then, but the flip side of that is, I, I did a great show called Tripping Over, which was a six part series co pro between Channel Four in the UK and Channel Ten here. It was written by Andrew. Yes, I was going to ask uh, you about that. It was yeah. one of my favourite jobs in my career. Written by Andrew Knight and Andrea Denham. Um, Andrew Knight obviously yeah. just had great success with the Water Diviner and, and plenty yep. of other stuff in between. There was this beautiful line where, where I'm playing a young soap actor in London. Uh, beautiful casting and. Uh, <laughs> And I'm there and I'm a manager <laughs> and, I was, and he goes, oh, do you want to go on this game show? And I was like, oh, is it a, is it a quiz show like Parky? He's like, Parkinson. He goes, no, it's kind of a game show. And I said, oh, I was hoping to maybe do something at the Donmar Warehouse or do something meaningful. Or, mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful speech by my manager in the show. He goes, look, 
to be honest, most of us just want to be entertained. We don't care. We just want to sit down and watch something and not think about our lives and not think about what's going on. And just for that time, just entertain me. I don't care what you're doing. Just entertain me. And sometimes you just... You just need to remember that in its simplest forms. You know, people just want to be entertained. Totally. And in fact, uh, tripping, uh, tripping over, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, tripping over. Uh, it starred, a, well, then, reasonably young Brooke Satchwell. Yeah. So our Brooke, uh, Rebecca Gibney was, my, was yeah. my mother. Brooke Satchwell was there. Abe Forsyth was in there. Yes. Uh, my father was an actor called Paul McGann uh, from With Nail and I, who you know, and many yes. other things. Uh, I think Lisa McCune was in there. Uh, Yatsik Komen, it was an amazing cast uh, and we shot between London, Bangkok, Sydney and Melbourne. It was, if there's one series that I wish had gone again or if they ever came back and resurrected 10 years down the track, that would be the one that I'll put my hand up for. Yeah, just, wow, incredible. Yeah. Do you have, uh, do you remember a show particularly that you were just in love with or engaged with as a kid? Something I have to watch this, Mum. Oh, what uh, what was my what was my show? Um, don't say Alf, please don't say. I Alf. loved Alf. Alf I was great. Loved but it, Alf. There are other shows better. I loved Alf. Um, oh man, you should have. I wish I was pre-warned because I, I really, really dug through the the, the the mental files in there. I used to come home and I, I used to watch a lot of Agro's. I used to watch a lot of Agro, Agro's Cartoon yep. Connection, um, which was very, mm-hmm. just, you know, very deep and meaningful stuff. I, I used to have a mad, mad crush on Alex Wildman. I don't know if you remember her. Yes, Alex, I, yeah. I, she's now doing ads for adult diapers. Well, yep. I sent her a pair of hoop earrings when I was about ten because my mum was a jeweller and I had a crush on Alex Wildman. Um, well, well played, dude. Yeah. So then, what, what did I do? What, Eleven, twelve. I was all, to be honest, I was. From about age 12 through to age 16, I because I was going to school in the city, so I'd mm. get the train home. So we'd finish school at 3.30. I'd get the train home. I'd get home at 5. Mum would pick me up at 5. I'd go straight to the pool, be in the pool at 5.30 for swim, swim training, get home at 7, do my homework, and pretty much pass out from exhaustion and get up at 5 o'clock and do it all again the next day. So, so in those kind of years, in those teenage years, mm. um, I, I, didn't, I didn't watch a lot of television, certainly not the way – we watch TV now, you know, yeah. and certainly, certainly not. But, but I remember film wise, like, you know, my mates and a lot of my mates were older. They introduced me to a lot of Kevin Smith films, you know, in my, my teenage <laughs> years. And that was, you know, more rats chasing Amy. Clerks. Uh, clerks. Exactly right. You know, all of that. I mean, we spent the better part of 10 years quoting everything from those movies. <laughs> um, so yes. when I did, I did Rove LA with, with yeah. uh, Jason's J- um, Kevin Muse and uh, Kevin Smith and Jason Muse, um, yeah. that was that was incredible because we're like, oh my yeah. god, it's Jason and Bob in my dressing room. Like, what? <laughs> what? This is this is ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I had a late development in that regard in terms of yeah, TV film. That's fair. Do you have? Do you remember a, a particular TV theme that, that you would just jam on or you loved? Um, for some reason, it was always MASH. I don't know if it was just the half hour that I would be home. Yeah. Maybe it was the, the 7 to 7.30 maybe that MASH mm-hmm. was on back then. I don't know. Like, I just always seemed to hear that coming out of the TV room, you know? Yep. Um, I did love 
I mean, I watched Neighbours. I, d- I definitely watched Neighbours because I remember Daphne and Dez. I mean, that was tragic. Daphne. Yes. Oh, man. Remember when, Cody, heartbroken. remember when Cody got done by the SWAT team? <laughs> I did love when it, it was tragic. from from Neighbours that was somewhat, I mean, short, tragic, you know, Daphne dies and all of the things. But when it goes from being the sort of real drama into, yeah, I reckon that the SWAT team should get involved. <laughs> let's let's go there. Yeah, oh, I love Cody. I love Cody's voice too. She was great. Mm. Oh, Cody, Brad Willis, Cody. Anyway, I, lo- I watched. I did watch a lot of Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> You're a product of your yeah. own uh, generation. Yeah. How, so once you've launched onto TV as this 17 year old mm. magazine god, yeah. Uh, how did you deal with the extra attention that you would have got beyond, you know, just attention from day to day being, you know, a, a, an Adonis of a human? <laughs> um, I, looking back, I and I guess I did it subconsciously. It was never, a, it was never, it was never something I thought about. But, but I surrounded myself with my best mates from before I was on TV, and then mm-hmm. I'd fly home from Melbourne and stay at my parents' house. And I hang out with my mates, you know. So my mates mm-hmm. were always athletes or, or or people from my childhood or, or people from other walks of life. And I've got some, you know, some greatest friends in my life from from my through my career. But yeah. but I think particularly in those first five or ten years, I I was surrounded with my friends that were always my best friends prior to even getting onto television. So yeah um we took it all I, was, I mean i was always I'm still to this day i'm pretty relaxed about everything but i but i and maybe to my detriment sometimes you know but but um but back then the key was i'd jump on a plane back to sydney i go to mum and dad's house in cronulla i would have big parties and big barbecues with all my friends over on a sunday and mm. i'd fly back to melbourne on a sunday night um what i didn't know is that at the time my parents relationship was disintegrating and they that was all an act they were putting that on to keep oh. me to keep me unaware and, and to protect the children you know and 10 years later they finally divorced much to everybody's happiness, you know, because it was a much better environment mm. for everybody. But um, but my, my brother and sister who were younger uh, bore the brunt of that because they were there the whole time, whereas I was jetting in once every two weeks to, to, to kind Bloody of to capture my re- old life, you know. So, yeah, it was, it was an interesting it was, yeah, it was an interesting time, but that was how I did it. I, I think I just surrounded myself with, with family and close friends and, and, and still to this day, I think that's the, that's the, that's the important part, whether you're on television or, or, or not, you know, that's that's the key to, mm. yeah. It, it would be very easy to, I, I'd imagine, it would be very easy to fall into the trap of, you know, believing the press, the hype, because it, it, invariably you're involved in stuff that people are wanting to shout about, they're wanting to get publicity on, and when they hold you up as the, oh, here's Dan McPherson, incredible actor, he's a thing or he's done these things or he's really, really good, he's great, staying grounded in that must be really important. Uh, yeah, I, I think... In, in its simplest terms, one is my manager, Stephen Harmon, his first lesson to me back then when I first started was never believe your own publicity. And that was, <laughs> that was like yep. lesson 1.1. 1. 1. And yep. as I've been in the entertainment game for nearly 20 years now, like I know, I know how the game works and it's, Almost completely bullshit. <laughs> you know, like yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of incredibly talented people. Sometimes they're even the people in front of the camera. Most times <laughs> they're not, you know, yeah. and and there's a whole team of people 
making this whole proje product and project mm. succeed. And anyone that stands in front of the camera thinking it's me that's making this succeed is delusional. Yeah, you know, reasonable, and, man. I'm on the yeah. receiving end of a lot of press releases. Yeah. And sometimes you can kind of go, yeah, it's a hard day at the office. They're just yeah. having to write some pretty big stuff. Yeah. And other days it's like, oh, you know, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. you know, I can see this working. Let's yeah. see what it looks like. Yeah. But you're right. Unless it is, uh, to you know, Rove LA. Unless it's, I'm Rove McManus and I host Rove LA. Mm. Who in and that situation is great for him because the strength of it is in the guests, yeah. right? He gets to lean on them and ask questions and stuff. Yeah. It's not about him as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, unless it's sort of that single, I'm the person thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about you. Well, no, well, I think I think talent always wins through. And, mm. and the times where we feel aggrieved as an audience are when someone has seemingly doesn't deserve to be doing what they're doing or doesn't yes. have the, the authenticity to tell me the information you know, that, that they're trying to sell to yep. me, you know, so in a roundabout way. But that then leads to two sort of, two sort of outcomes. That is the talent surrounds themselves with more talented people either in a mm -hmm. team, a producer, on camera, off camera, and they learn and get better mm -hmm. and excel and their career goes from there or they stand there thinking, I'm as good as I ever need to be and <laughs> that is the absolute, uh, that's a nail in the coffin for a career. The moment you yeah, think that, that's, 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 that's it, you're done. And it can sink lots of people around you too Absolutely. if you're a high enough profile person and you are effectively, well, let's call it phoning it in. Yeah. They can act out of their pants. Yeah. And they'll either show you up and it'll people will call, you know, the series, blah, 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 such and such, whatever. Yeah. Or they're going to try and sort of keep it to that level and it just becomes mediocre. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. And, and also, too, like anything, talent and ability, and it, it evolves. And so, if, yeah. you know, you, you've got to, got to keep working. You've got to keep working hard. You've got to keep evolving. You've got to keep developing your talents as a performer, whether you're a host or an actor or a singer or, or, or a producer or a writer, um, the, the only way is to continue to evolve. You're a hardworking actor that has uh, a, an absolute love. You talk about triathlons, you love swimming mm. and running and the, the bicycling and, and mm. all of the things that are involved in that. To help you with your craft, I would imagine that watching some other stuff, some downtime, whether it's I'm relaxing watching things or, no, I want to see this because I, I really love this performer and I want to yeah. see this thing that everyone's talking about or I expect it'll be big. What do you like to watch? Um, great question. Um, probably as I've matured in, in the last couple of years, <laughs> you know, I lose that, use that term loosely, uh, <laughs> and, and probably even it's it's – there's been a phase in my life and in my career. It was sort of the two years where I didn't work in LA, but I was working very hard at auditioning then mm -hmm. into filming infinite, which was a career defining and career changing process for me. And yeah. then sort of post infinite, um, which is a bit amazing. And, it, and so leading into infinite, I was probably a bit less clinical about what I watched. Um, yeah. But, you know, in the two years since then, I've studied, like, I watched a lot of Westerns. I watched a lot of mm -hmm. uh, Sergio Leone Westerns. I watched a lot of um, diverse range of Westerns leading into Wild Boys. But I didn't really understand truly what I was watching. Mm -hmm. Fast forward three or four years, 
and and you know I, I was I watched the Water Diviner with Russell and Michael and Michael Dorman's in there, and yeah. I went back and watched a series of Russell Crowe's movies, and I watched five in a row, and I studied I studied them, I studied The Insider, I studied A Beautiful Mind, I studied Gladiator, yeah. uh, I studied a couple of other ones to see how he works with Ridley Scott, to see how he mm-hmm. worked, particularly as a 31, 32, 33-year-old actor where he got three Academy Award nominations and a win yeah. in three consecutive years. That is that is Im- incredible. And, Big ups, yeah. yeah. And so to go and actually study and watch, truly watch that, that's something I've gone back and done. I've really started watching different movies. You know, I, I mean, I, I watch House of Cards for pleasure, but it is mm-hmm. exceptional television. I go back mm. and study Idris Elba creator character in Luther and it yes. blows my mind. So I find things like that that truly inspire me and truly blow my mind and I watch a lot of it. Um, <laughs> and that's that's how it's that's how it's that's how it's been this last two years, you know, and that's yeah. something that is it's amazing because it's it's you know, I've got mates doing massive films. Um, yeah. and, and it's only an audition away, you know, and finally I kind of felt like I was on the sidelines waiting to turn 35, you know, because there's a whole bunch <laughs> of roles for mid twenties guys. There's not many for 30 yeah. year old guys, but then there's 35 to 40 in LA. Yeah. And so I kind of yes. felt like, oh, okay, I've just been waiting to go th- grow into this, into this sort of young manhood and now it's all there and it's all happening and things are happening, but it, it took a couple of years of, of really focusing on, okay, what actors do I like? What films do I like? Why do these films work? Why do these films not work? Why does this television series work? Um, so yeah, we've watched a lot. We had to stop watching Breaking Bad because I was having anxiety attacks because we were watching it at night. So I'm stuck at the end of series three on Breaking Bad, even though apparently it's the most superb television ever made. I've, yes. we, I've just, I, I was having anxiety attacks going to bed, you know? So, so that's got to come back into, um, back into to our circulation. Find the room. Find, work out how that has to happen. Yeah. Make it nine o'clock in the morning. Right. Find the place okay, to do good. it. Okay, good, 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 good. And then, and then, obviously, um, a lot of watching, a lot of reading too. You know, really. Um, yeah. And, and I'm up here, you know, taking a little break. Oh, scripts things. are so demanding. Oh, uh, you know what? Well, I've gone back and read a bunch of books. You know, so I'm halfway through Robert Redford's uh, biography, which I'm really enjoying, and and things like that. Yeah. You know, so just got to immerse yourself in in things that inspire you and learn and, and learn, just never stop learning and learn from the best, you know? I'm glad, I'm glad you brought up Infinity. Uh, I was doing, I haven't had the chance to see it yet. Mm. And, and I'm, it, it's one of the, it's my poorness, not yours. No, no, no. Uh, it's happening. It's going to cool, happen. Cool. It hasn't happened in, in the research for that, yeah. in, in learning a bit more about it. And I've, I've heard you talk about it and seen interviews. So I'm, I'm across what it is. Yeah. Uh, it was very funny. I read, I read somewhere uh, Luke Hemsworth is mm. one of the guys in the cast and he's described as the least attractive Hemsworth. Oh, man. Now, that's a hell of a gene pool to be described the least attractive one of. I know. I mean, that's that's harsh. That's harsh. And also, look, a uh, disclaimer is that Luke is is a good buddy of mine and we actually lived across the road mm. from each other in, in LA. But... Yeah, man, he, he cops a he cops a hiding there sometimes. He's he's inc- not fair. He's incredibly talented. He's a good looking dude, you know. But he's but, very good you know, looking. It just guy. happens that his his brother's the sexiest man in the world, and his other brother's his brother not far is behind. Freaking so, um, yeah. there's there's absolutely nothing wrong uh, aesthetically with Luke Hemsworth. 
make no mistake about it. But the poor guy, you know what? It it, is no doubt. And I know Lukey, he's a, he's a bloody legend and I can't speak highly enough. And I know that he bottles all that stuff and he uses it to Mm. drive him. And I have no success. I have no, no doubt that he will succeed uh, in a big way. Phenomenal. What makes Infinity such an important uh, watershed moment for you as an actor? It was, um, it was the first time that someone had taken a chance on me in a big lead role in a movie. Mm-hmm. And, and so I felt a lot of responsibility for that. And mm-hmm. also to be surrounded by an ensemble cast with the caliber of performers such as Luke Ford, Luke Hemsworth, yes. Grace Huang, um, I mean, the entire ensemble cast. It was uh, prior to prior to meeting Luke and prior to doing Infinity, um, I always touted him as is the most talented actor of Australian actor of his of his generation. Um, wow. And and it's probably still intact post Infinity. Um, it was, you know, people know the term method acting. It was very method mm-hmm. in its approach. It was method and, and immersive in its style. And coming from a sporting background that is particularly long-distance endurance sports, very mentally based and all revolves around mental toughness and enduring pain, I wanted to go into a film shoot that was about a Mm -hmm. descent into madness with that same commitment. Thankfully, I had a director that was rubbing his hands together with glee because that's exactly what he wanted to do as well. And, <laughs> and he has been described as a method director. Um, so Infinity taught me, it broke me wide open as an, wide open as an actor. It taught me the, tr- the difference between truth and authenticity and pretending. Mm-hmm. And it showed me just what was possible if you can go to those 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 depths and those limits and wow. and suddenly when you've been there you don't want to do it any other way and so wow. so that was why for me and, and for most of that cast that was a it was a career changing or perhaps just a career defining moment for everyone Man, yeah. that's that's such a great yeah. sell. I cool, mean, man. it's it's very clear to hear you talk about it because, yeah. um, as I said, I've read a lot of press yeah. and and seen some interviews that you did about it, and yeah. saw you on the trail when it was first getting released. Yeah. That uh, you're obviously very excited about it. Yeah, that's not a problem. And as you should be from from the, some of the reviews I've read and, yeah. uh, and and those sorts of things. It it the stills and the trailer look amazing. Yeah, yeah well, as a story, I, I wanted to as, do something that that made everyone looked twice and go, wait, is that Dan McPherson? Is that the great side That's the guy, that's the guy I've danced with the stars. What? Yeah, him. Him. And, and, and also, you know, almost as a, as a part, part calling card, part fuck you to everybody that wouldn't give me a job because I was hosting Dancing with the Stars. Yep. You know? Look what this boy can do. You know, so, so that was very much a, a, you know, there was a, there was a good chunk of motivation in the same way that Shane and Brian, who made the movie, were very motivated coming back from LA to, to succeed and make something back in Australia. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to go on to another movie um, together in uh, a very short amount of time, actually. I'll tell you all about that in a sec. Really? Yeah. That is going to be 
uh, massive. Yeah, so maybe I'm mistaken. When you, if and when you do see Infinity, it was made yes. on. Oh, not if. Oh, when. cool, man. And a lot of people, I know a lot of friends there, and, and you know, I don't expect everybody to download it day one. And actually, you know, it's been released in America for two or three months now, and it's just climbed back up to number thirty on the iTunes charts right. in America. Well, like, well, how did that happen? But it's this, this, this. It's a creeper, and so we made that for a couple of million bucks in a warehouse in Western Sydney. Um, right. on no money in in a, in a factory, and it looks like an international standard uh, uh, sci-fi movie. So, so bear that in mind when you see it, and uh, and it's in you know, and, and and you'll sort of get a teaser of the feel mm-hmm. of maybe what could be capable with a decent budget on the next one. Heads up, a little bit of blood and gore in it, people. It's not all bright, shiny, happy, smiley people. There is. There's a, there is certainly some profanity. Uh, I'm certainly responsible for Fuck some of no. that. There is. Look out. Uh, and there is, a little bit of, uh, there is a little bit of blood, but it's uh, certainly not a horror film. We would say it's mm-hmm. a sci-fi psychological thriller. Right. Yeah. Wow. Bring it on. Yeah. That's going to be amazing. So beyond Infinity, yeah. then, we've moved on to what you've just finished filming yeah. season one yeah. of the Shannara Chronicles yeah. in yeah. predominantly New Zealand. That's exactly right. So I've been in, in Auckland for five months. Um, as fate would have it, uh, I got the offer for Shannara 9am the morning after the Dancing with the Stars rap party last year. Oh, So uh, just as a little message from Boom. the universe, you know, you're thinking about coming back. You know, right. Trust yada, yourself, yada, Dan. Go and yeah, do it. Yeah, it's like how, how much clearer do we have to be Bang, you know, I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. So, so that was uh, that was November. Uh, I packed up, came, came up to Queensland for a little holiday, went back to LA yep. for a couple of weeks, and then um, and then moved to to uh, moved to to Auckland for five months. So, um, Shannara is a is a ten part uh, series being made for MTV in the USA, mm-hmm. MTV worldwide, uh, based on a series of books by Terry Brooks. I know you know this. I know mm-hmm. the family uh, know it very well, and so it's a big sort of, it's post-apocalyptic um, fantasy. So it's it's after yes. it's after humanity, it's after where we are, it's after humans and the elves and the druids uh, and the trolls and uh, and everybody have come back to take over the earth and the earth is very very verdant, very green again and magic exists mm. and uh, and it's a very rich uh, a rich place to start a TV show. So uh, as you would imagine MTV uh, are keeping the secrets of Shannara and guarding those very, very tightly. But um, yep. they're actually they're, they're doing a bit of a teaser at Comic-Con this week, so there should be some stuff online Excellent. this week. And I know the first um, the first photo's out this week. Well, it's been lots of horse riding and, yeah. you know, fighting and stuff here, which yeah. has been pretty cool. My wife, yeah. um, a lovely wife on Twitter, is a massive, massive yeah. fan of the Shannara Chronicles. So I, 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 I cheated. Yeah. And just deferred to her for a couple of questions. <laughs> Wicked. Uh, because I figured if someone who's read the books yeah. and there's not just one people, there is a ton. Yeah, totally. Uh, can, can offer me some good. So I'll offer you these questions sure. if you can help us out. Uh, now, your role yep. is uh, Arian, and I can't even pronounce yeah, the last Prince name. Prince Arian Alessadol. There we go. Yeah. Thank you. When you auditioned, uh, my wife asks, uh, did you audition for Arian specifically or was that – uh, you were cast into it after a general audition. Um, great question. I initially auditioned for the role of Prince Ander, which was uh, slightly younger. So, so in the um, and I, and I have to be careful what I say here. So I'll answer what I can. Mm. Um, but but yeah, I so Jonathan Rhys Davies plays the king, 
And yep. uh, best to wolf on the block. Ex- <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, what a what a joy to go to work with him every day. So John Reese Davies is the king of the Elven Empire. Uh, I'm his eldest son, Arian, and an amazing mm. Australian actor called Aaron Jakobenko uh, out of Melbourne played my other younger brother, Ander. Uh, but I initially yeah. auditioned for Ander, and then as um, as the casting process went further on, uh, I was I was a bit older, so I played the older brother, and, and Aaron got cast as the younger brother. Cool. I, I will offer. I'm not going to push you any for for secrets and stuff. I no, 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 go for it. We'll let that happen um so based on that yep. my wife offers and because it's books right yep. with no spoilers people but how do you feel playing someone who as a character won't necessarily be popular for the choices he makes um i kind of i kind of loved that actually because it was a little bit of a you know as a departure for me because okay i'm gonna make this guy I, I, dan the likable plays the nice guy everywhere yeah you know so i had to work out again what the truth of this character was and mm-hmm. the truth of this character is his dad's getting old. His younger brother isn't up to the task. His eldest brother was killed. So he's, he's the heir to the throne, but he never planned to be. Um, yeah. And, and so he's got to work, you know, I had to work out what his motivation, why, why did he make these choices that were unpopular choices? And, and that was that he was watching, he was a son one trying to impress his father and true to watching his father age and lose his mind and lose his faculties. So, so I tried to bring it back to a very relatable father-son dynamic. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, it's going to be amazing. I know that. Final question yeah. on the Shannara Chronicles. How closely does the first series stick to the books? Um, I think very, I think very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, so we, uh, we, we chose the elf stones of Shannara to start the series. So the first series is based mm-hmm. on elf stones. All this is, is public knowledge. There is a, there yeah. is a, um, there is a, a book before that in the, in that trilogy. So there's a series, I mean, Terry Brooks has written 30 books in the Shannara world. The thing with yes. Shannara is that they don't. Every one of them is on it. <laughs> right. Well, they don't, I mean, they, they time jump as well. So. So yeah. from sword to elf stones, I think is is like fifty years or something. I, I think so. So it remains to be seen how they'll get around that if they go to a second series. Um, but I think for the most part, series one follows elf stones pretty pretty closely. Brilliant. Yeah. So you mentioned MTV Worldwide yep. are responsible for this. Yep. There's some sizzler stuff coming from Comic Con. We hope that yep. should be great. Yeah. Do we have any indication how Australians will be able to see? Uh, none whatsoever. Uh, no, no, just no, in, no indication. So yeah, I don't yeah. know if, if MTV would take it to MIP or if they just feed it to the, yeah. their own te- their own channels around the world. I'm not sure. So oh, I'm not sure. Look, there's no question we'll see it. I yeah. don't think it'll be. You'll have to torrent it, people. It'll certainly pop up very likely on your Foxtel's. It may even get life on a on a Netflix or a stand or those kinds of things, yeah. depending on the ag- agreements yeah. that come to pass. Yeah. And that is, yeah. as we referenced way back earlier, yeah. such a different landscape as far as totally. channels for content yeah. in Australia. Well, I would imagine that MTV USA are going to. You know they'll run it first, and whether that's this year or, or next year, I have no idea. Mm. But but when it, I would imagine that th- 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 there's two problems. One is is piracy is mm. so blatant that they almost have to they have to have it placed globally yes. before it, before they air it in America. Because as soon as it airs in America, it'll be pirated on every computer around the world. Um, but so it, it remains to be seen whether they either keep it for all the MTV networks globally. Um, mm-hmm. Or or do distribution deals with other 
other networks or whatnot and keep it for America, which I'm sure they will. So I'm I'm spitballing here, but um, but yeah. you know, you know, it is what it is. But I'm uh, sure it, we'll it has it. the yeah, and it has the capacity to be not that it's going to replace Game of Thrones. People don't don't hear me wrong, no. but I think it has the capacity to be a new epic fantasy tale in the same vein. Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. I think I think they've definitely skewed younger than Game of Thrones. Yep. Um, so it's still there's not as many boobs. There's less boobs. You do see, yeah, no, you might not. There's, anyway, uh, yep, you'll see some. Um, not as many. Not as many though. Uh, less prostitution. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm just thinking what you do see in there. But yeah, there, there's no doubt that it's it's going to skew for a younger audience. Uh, yeah. There's still you know some, some really dark stuff in there as well. But um, but it's but it's treads a bit lighter than, than, than Game of Thrones in a lot of ways, I would imagine. So what's the, what's the haps for you now? Are you about to embark on PR trails or what, what's... Oh, what's look, I'm a, I'm a sort of series regular supporting lead. So so mm. there's far more people up the totem pole doing the press restaurants, which is great. <laughs> so and again, and, and again, going with the younger cast. So... So uh, Poppy Drayton, Ivana Baccaro, who's Old the girl man. from Pan's Labyrinth, and um, yeah. and Austin Butler, are fantastic. They're they're headlining Comic Con, uh, yeah. and then and then I think depending on when the show goes to air, uh, there'll be quite a significant post production process, I'm sure. Um, but yeah. when that goes to air, I'm sure I'll do plenty of press around that. But turn up and say some more lines again, Dan. Yeah, well, I've had to I've had to send some uh, send some lines over from from here on my phone actually <laughs> just to some temporary holding lines for, for post-production. But um, can't wait to see it. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. And again, look, swords, horses, fighting, New Zealand, got to go to the gym every day. Excellent. It was a lot of fun. And, and if, um, yeah, I hope if it only, if it only is one series and, and that's the end of it for me, then, then, uh, then it was a ball. So now what then? So I'm back in Australia and about to reunite with uh, the director of Infinity, Shana Bess. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Kachia, uh, writer and composer of Infinity, and a lot of the Infinity team on their next movie, and there will be an announcement coming out about that in the coming weeks. But um, excellent! Uh, it's going to be shot here in Australia, and, yeah. uh, and we've got some cast announcements coming out uh, with Australian and international cast. Um, again, it's going to be in the sci-fi sci-fi genre. Uh, but a more probably a more commercial sci-fi genre, and it will be one of the most ambitious films ever undertaken in this country. Awesome! Yeah, so uh, that's a sizzle. So I'll and a have half. to give you a little update in uh, in coming weeks, mate. But uh, yeah, yeah, but, please. Yes, yeah, so I'm I'm so I'm training, I'm training hard. I'm in the gym every day. I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to get get uh, get ripped for uh, for this next one. And um, I love how you say I'm, I'm off to get ripped. Like you're not ripped uh, already. Well, you slacked off. I, I like uh, I like to take things to the nth degree, mate. That's uh, if you can give me a challenge, I might as well take it the whole way. So so I'm working hard on that uh, in pre-production on that, and uh, that'll take me through to October, and then um, and then Zoe and I will I'll either go back to LA and meet Zoe back in LA, or we'll, yes. we'll stick around in Australia to the end of the year and go back to LA next year. So. So yeah, it's it's an exciting time, mate. It's it feels like um, I'm working with a great creative team. You know, Shane, Shane and Brian and I have been working mm-hmm. together quite a lot since Infinity. Um, we've got a, a TV pilot and TV series that we've developed that's 
um, doing the rounds in America at the moment, which is exciting. Um, and and eventually, uh, there's two other TV projects that I'm I'm tinkering away on that are drama projects that um, going to go have some meetings with some producers in Sydney uh, in the next month because it's time to to uh, start writing and creating the you know my own stuff. It's just got to that point in my career where that's what I want to do and. And now I have the, the kind of creative people around me to be able to do that. So it's, yeah, it's a good time. Malk's TV Talk, the podcast. Thank you, Dan. What a chat we have had. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. How can people find you on the internet should they choose to follow you? Oh, uh, man, if, if they want to be subjected to Throwback Thursday on my Instagram, and there's a couple <laughs> of great ones on there. Um, I'm at Dan McPherson, D-A-N-M-A-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N. Um, if you follow Dan McPherson, you'll get this ex-Sydney Swans AFL footballer um, <laughs> who's also interesting but uh, less TV chat on there. Less movies. Yeah, and then, uh, and then I'm, you know, me on Twitter. I, I love Twitter. I'm, I'm an addict and, and uh, it is my number one form of social media. Again, uh, at Dan McPherson and, uh, and, I, and I love Twitter. So uh, come and have a chat. Any questions? Anything you want to ask, throw it at me. I love, yeah, I love, I yeah. love it. So, and thank you for your support, man. It's always lovely to chat to you on Twitter, and lovely to chat to you in person today. Rubbish, absolute rubbish. Well, thank you for joining us this week on Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mulks TV Talk. Find me on Facebook and Instagram at thosethings.com/slash Mulks TV Talk. New episodes are out Tuesdays, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your favorite podcasting app, and please do leave a sweet review. Tune in next week when you'll hear Dan McPherson say, Oh, hang on. I'm on the radio. Good night. (laughs) Good night, Australia. (laughs) I haven't said that for a while. (laughs) 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 Over to you, Borny.